Thank you all for coming tonight. Thank you for those who are joining us online, those who are here in person. Um, my name is Sarah Wilson, and I am going, I'm excited about what I'm going to share with you tonight. I'm, we're going to continue our conversation about the kingdom of heaven. Um, and before I do that, let's, let's open in prayer. Dear God, we, we love you. We are so grateful for you. We're grateful for your love. We're grateful for who you are. And God, we invite you here tonight to open our hearts and minds to your word and what you have for us. Continue to show us how you love us and um, your desire is for us. Lord, we thank you, God, for all that you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I wanted to start tonight off by sharing a story about my son Malachi. So, as you know, all kids are given and are gifts from God, and they all teach us things. So this is a lesson that Malachi taught me. For those of you who don't know, my son Malachi um, was born, and he has um, Down syndrome, and he has some other medical needs. So. When we first heard the news, I was pregnant, you know, we did a blood test and we found out that our son was going to have Down syndrome. And it hit me hard. It hit me hard because I didn't know what to expect and everything I was expecting was going to be different. And there's a grief that comes with that. And um, then they, he was born and all I had for him was love. All I had for him was love. Except for... He, he didn't do things on the same timeline as other babies did. His, his timeline was different. When he walked, when he smiled, um, all of that was dependent on his muscle tone. When he walked, it was different. And God showed me something in my own heart because it bothered me at first. And, and he said, Malachi is not valuable to you because of what he does, right? He was not valuable to me because of when he walked or when he talked or when he smiled. He was valuable and I loved him because he was mine. He was a gift and he was my, he was my child. And he, God showed me in my own heart how sometimes we value what, what people are doing and how they do it, and not, not valuing them just because of who they are or whose they are. And that was a lesson that, that God showed me through Malachi. And I'm so grateful for that because I feel like now I'm able to, to love others better and to value people um, better because of that lesson that he showed me. And Malachi, he still might not accomplish great things like like the world would define it. But he is still valuable to me because he is mine, and he is valuable because he is God's son and a gift from him. Um, so tonight we are going to talk about two parables um, in Matthew. And these parables are going to talk about how God sees his people as valuable. So... 
Um, the previous parables that um, Xavier and I have talked about was the wheat and the tares, the mustard seed, and the leaven, and all of those spoke about corruption in the kingdom. Now Jesus switches gears, and now he's going to talk about the value and relationship in the kingdom of God. So let's go to... Um, Matthew thirteen forty four. This is the parable of the hidden treasure. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. This is a, a one scripture parable, but there is so much depth just in this one, so much in this one scripture. So, let's just go straight into what the interpretation of this. So, the field in this parable represents the world. The man who bought the treasure is Jesus, and the treasure is the believer, that's us. Um, the field, so let's talk about the field. Under I'm going to not say this word right, but Rebaic? Is that how, is that anyone? Okay, Rebaic law, if a workman came upon a treasure in a field and lifted it out, it would belong to his master, the field's owner. But here, the man is careful not to lift the treasure out until he has bought the field. Right? Um... Jesus, the man, the one who bought the field in this scripture, was careful to ensure that he bought the whole field, the world, so that the treasure, the believer, would belong to him. So the reason the man just didn't say, dig out this treasure and say, this is mine, is because if he had done that, it would have actually belonged to whoever owned the land. So Jesus, or the man, had to go and purchase the whole field in order for that treasure to belong to him. So if Jesus had just come and said, you believers are mine, it would actually belong... Well, let's, I want to talk about who, who is the ruler of the world. In the scripture, um, let's first look up John 14.30. And that says, I will not say much more to you, for the prince of this world is coming. He has no hold over me, but he comes so that the world may learn that I love the Father and do exactly what my Father has commanded me. In this scripture, Jesus is talking, and he calls the devil, or Satan, he calls him the prince of this world. That's one of the titles that he is given. In our next scripture, Ephesians 2, 1 and 2, it says, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sin, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world, and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. So here, Jesus again refers to the devil as the ruler of the kingdom of the air. And in our last scripture, 
John 12, 31-32, Jesus said, This voice was for your benefit, not mine. Now is the time for judgment on this world. Now the prince of this world will be driven out, and I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to me. Again, he calls the devil, or the Satan, the prince of this world. So, in this scripture, Jesus, if Jesus had not bought the field, who would have ruled over us? Whoever owned the world, right? And in these scriptures, it's saying that the devil is the prince of the world. It's giving him rule um, and authority, but he's not the king, right? Who's the king? Jesus. Jesus is the king. But he does have, he does rule um, uh, in this world. This is why Jesus had to come and purchase us. That he had to pay a price. He had to pay a price. And that's what he did. He gave his life. And in the scripture, um, in the parable, it says that he gave his all to purchase this field. Right? So this parable is basically the gospel message. Right? How Jesus came and purchased us. Um, purchased the world so that we could be his. And his treasure. So the man is Jesus. He, Jesus gave up everything to buy the field or the world. What did he give up? Let's read our next scripture. In Philippians 2, 5 through 8, it says, In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. This scripture shows us that that Jesus gave up his position, his position in heaven, and he gave up his pride. He, he, he um, humbled himself. He humbled himself and he emptied himself. He became the very nature of a servant. So he technically is the ruler. He's the king. And he made himself. He humbled himself and became a servant. Um, this is what he gave up to purchase us. And not only that, what does it say? He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even the cross. So he was obedient even unto death. He gave his very life to purchase, to purchase ours, to purchase this field, the world. Because we are his treasure. It says that in joy. So, um, in the parable, it says in joy he went and sold all that he had, right? 
this treasure that's us was so wonderful to Jesus, he was willing to give everything that we just talked about. His position, he humbled himself, he was obedient unto death. He did this with joy to purchase each individual person. And this shows us how valuable we are to Jesus. We are his treasure. He desired he desired us. He desired to purchase us. He pursued us in that he sold everything. He gave up all so that we could become his. Let's read our next, um, about our next uh, parable. The next two scriptures right after that. In Matthew 13, 45, it says, Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. This is very similar in, to the last parable in that the buyer here represents Jesus and that the pearl are his people. To the ancient peoples, as we have just seen, a pearl was the loveliest of all possessions. That means that the kingdom of heaven is the loveliest thing in the world. He saw us as the loveliest possession that he could own. He saw this one pearl was worth selling and giving up all he had. This shows us how much we, again, are valued and that he, he sees us as willing to pay a great price. He paid the greatest price, his life, his reputation, his position, all of that he gave up to, to pursue us, to show us how valuable we are. Jesus deeply values his people. In both of these parables, the buyer sold all he had to purchase something of great worth. He desired and pursued the item of value. He desired us. This shows us our value, and his desire is to be in relationship with us. So I want... I want to share another story. Um, my husband and I will be have been married for 13 years this summer, 13 wonderful years. And um, early in our marriage, we decided to start a family. And after many months of not being able to conceive, we went to doctors, and they basically told us, "You can't have children. It is very, it's unlikely that you will have children." And this sent us both into a dark time in our lives. Um, and obviously it affected our faith, uh, me specifically, I cannot speak for my husband, but it affected my faith. And I was like, God, you've placed this desire inside my heart, but it's not coming and it doesn't, they're saying that it's not going to happen, you know. So there was all these questions, and many of us have been in these types of situations, dark times in our lives where our 
lives are not working out the way that we wanted to, or there's difficulties that it's just hard to get through, things that are hard to face. And um, that's, that's where I was at. And God did a wonderful work in my heart and my life and my relationship with him during that time. And I'm, I'm ever so grateful. The end story is that we have three beautiful children that we conceived only by the grace of God. And um, they are beautiful gifts to us. But during that time, I remember God told me, he said, my, my desire is, my motivation is always relationship. And I remember thinking, how can your motivation be relationship when you're making my life so hard? You're not answering my prayers, or it didn't seem that he was. And um, I, I was like, God, if this is true, then prove it to me in your scripture. I, I was a, a little forward with God. But God answered me right back. And I will tell you, it was not even a week later. I had been um, focusing on this scripture, um, John 3.16. We all know this, right? Jesus desires relationship. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Right? God shows us that in the scripture he loved the world and that he wanted us to have eternal life. Right? So the scripture that the Holy Spirit brought to me to is this next scripture. In John 17, 3, it says, Now this is eternal life. This is what eternal life is. That they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. This is what eternal life is. It's to know God and to know Jesus. This, is, this was his whole reason for sending Jesus as as he said in um, John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, right? He gave his only son, Jesus, that we might know him. Because that's what he, this scripture says eternal life is, that we might know him. God's, from the very beginning, his motivation was to be in relationship with us. And in every difficulty that we go through, his motivation, it is not him who causes the difficulty, but his motivation in everything is relationship with us. He wants to pursue us. He, he is, has already made that step towards us by sending his son. All he asks is that we make that next step and we pursue him. And this showed me the heart of God, which I needed to know in that dark time. And the heart of God is that we be in relationship with him because he loves us. And I can tell you, when, when God showed me that, it brought such a peace to my heart and to my life to know and not just to know and read the scripture and be like okay that's cool but when you know it here and you know it here 
and you walk in that truth, in that revelation, it, it will change how you see God and how you see yourself. You, I then saw my own value um, because God gave so much. Anyways, that, that was a really, really defining moment in my relationship um, with God. Jesus' motivation in emptying himself and dying for us was that we might know him, that we could be in relationship with him. So, how does Jesus pursue a relationship with us? I mean, we've already read several scriptures that shows how he pursued a relationship with us. He gave up everything, um, and he he purchased, he gave up his life, he died for us. He His desire is for us to know him. Um, in, in my studies, I came across this book. It's called How to Adult in Relationships. <laughs> And um, by David Rico. But in it, he has the five A's of a healthy relationship. This is his definition of what's in a healthy relationship. This, he says there's attention, acceptance, appreciation, affection, and allowing. I think we all can agree that these are good things in a relationship, right? These are good things that are going to help a relationship flourish and to grow. Um, so, these are things that God also has shown us in his scripture that he has done for us, or has given us. So, let's, let's look at attention. Psalms 34, 17 through 18 says, When the righteous cry out for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. And here it says God, God will, he hears us, he delivers us. He's giving us his attention when we cry out to him for help. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. In that dark time when we were waiting to have kids, I can truly and honestly say that I felt, I felt God close to me during that time. Um, in, in, in a different way than when I felt him in the good times. You know, he was close to me when I was brokenhearted. He has given us his attention. And this promise... In his word, this scripture holds true for everyone in, in any time of their lives. That's what's so wonderful about, about Jesus. Because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Attention, acceptance. Romans 5, 8. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus didn't, God didn't say you got to clean up your life and then you can 
be one of my children. He accepts us as we are. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. When I was in college, um, God did a real work in my life. He healed some some wounds from my childhood, and um, that caused me to be really insecure. I was I was overweight, and um, through that healing, I ended up losing like seventy pounds. You know, he, he transformed my life um, during that time through healing, and during that time. The Holy Spirit had me reading in the book of Romans. And this scripture, I must have read in the book of Romans for like three months. The same chapter, chapter 5. I just could not stop reading it. And one day, I remember, it was in the morning, I got a revelation of this scripture. It said, but God demonstrates his own love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And I thought about that, and I was like, you know what? I, I'm not perfect. I still have wounds. I, I still have, I still had weight to lose. I still was not social. I was a little socially awkward. Um, I had all these insecurities that all I could see was my imperfections. And it made me walk with my head held low and I didn't speak much. And I got, a, I got a revelation of this scripture when I was in college, and I remember the first day, I was like, God loves me just as I am. Just as I am, he loves me. And I, the, the hardest place for me to be was in a big crowd, and the, the biggest crowd there was was in the cafeteria. You know, that's the lunchroom, and that was the hardest place because there was all the cliques. There was the cool kids sitting over there. There was the music kids, and then there's the um, theater people, and, you know, oh, then there's all the future preachers because I went to a Christian school, and, you know, you just I just felt like they were all judging me, you know, kind of thing. And I remember the day that I got a revelation of this scripture, I walked into the cafeteria, and in my internal... <laughs> Um, dialogue was like, I don't care what you're thinking about me right now because God loves me just as I am. And I walked in that cafeteria for the first time feeling loved and with my head held high. And this is my prayer for everyone that they will get this revelation of how much God loves them right where they're at. That is my prayer. That you will see how valuable you are just as you are. He doesn't ask us to do anything other than to, to accept him and to accept his love. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He accepts us just as we are. All right, the next, the next A is appreciation. Um, Ephesians 1, 4 said, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. <coughs> Again, this, this shows he appreciates us, he, he desires us, he wants us, he chose us. Before the creation of the world. 
to get that revelation of how much he he wants us and desires us and that he actually chose us um it it just goes to show he is pursuing a relationship with each of us affection psalm 16:11 you make known to me the path of life you will fill me with joy in your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand affection you know in our everyday relationship this can be seen in hugs and in holding hands or just being close to someone and that's in their presence right we're in their presence this is where we feel that affection and this is where we can feel the affection of god it says in his presence you fill me with joy with the eternal pleasures at your right hand in another scripture it says where two or three are gathered there i will be with them jesus is saying that he is with us how many times in his scripture has he says i am with you do not fear for i am with you he has said i want to be with you and in his presence we can find joy in his presence we can find healing in his presence we can find a value in ourselves this is the affection that we can find when we are in a relationship with god the last one is allowing james 4:8 come near to god and he will come near to you Wash your hands you sinners and purify your hearts you double minded. So God just didn't give these promises and force them upon us. Allowing means he gives you the res- the right and res- respects your choice, right? But he's telling you in his scripture what you're going to get when you choose him says come near to me and he will come near to you. If we draw near to him, he will draw near to us. This is a promise in his words. If we wash our hands and purify our, purify our hearts as we draw near to him, he will come near to us. Um he respects us enough to allow us the choice of choosing him. If it was forced, if he said, "Nope, you must serve me," we may not serve him with the respect and the love that that he wants from us. There might be resentment or bitterness and that's why God allows us this choice. Um he respects us and he wants us he wants us to make that step towards him. So through these scriptures and through these parables that we have just read it has shown me how valuable we are to Jesus. He he gave up everything. He emptied himself 
He was obedient unto death in order that we might be in relationship with him. This, these are the values of the kingdom of heaven. You know, in, in the scriptures it says, the kingdom of heaven is like, right? The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure found in a field. When we reflect the values of the kingdom of heaven, we will see not only our own value, but we will be able to see the value in others and to reflect the kingdom of heaven through that and through our love and relationship with God. These are the things that the values of the kingdom of heaven is, is showing value to others and also being in relationship with Jesus and his love. So, I, I hope that this encourages each of you that Jesus loves you a whole, whole lot. <laughs> um, and he has taken many steps to pursue a relationship with you. I'm just going to share one more story. <laughs> When I was in my master's degree, I was studying at Lee University, and um, I had a very rough two years, in the first two years there. So my third year there, God, God told me to not watch TV for a year, and to not pursue filling my own needs, to allow him to do this. See, I had come to a place in my life where I thought I had deserved certain things, right? I was a good girl. I served the Lord, and I felt like I deserved certain things. And, and, and God said, nope. So if I needed attention, I was not married at this time. If I needed attention, I would go get it from a guy. Not that I was, it was all innocent, but I would just get what I needed. If I needed a friend... I would just go and say, hey, will you come hang out with me if I was lonely? If, if, I needed, if I needed food, I would just go out and buy it. And then during this year where I did not watch TV, he also said, allow me to fill your needs. So I would sit in my apartment and I'd be like, I'm feeling lonely. Let me go find someone to hang out, right? And Jesus said, no. Pursue. I want to pursue you. And he showed me that he did that, but he filled my need every time. I would sit there and say, no, God, I'm going to allow you to fill my need. And I, I'm telling you, every time that I said that, within, within minutes to an hour, someone would be at my door saying, hey, Sarah, do you want to come hang out? One time I was, like, super hungry. My friend showed up with my favorite my favorite smoothie and I was like it's just those little things that God showed me during that time and this happened time and time again over a year but I was obedient to what he was directing me to do and he showed me during that time he pursued me he said I want to fill all your needs I love you and that was Again, a very, 
very foundational moment in my faith to know that I could rely on him to fill all my needs and that he loved me, he pursued me during that time. Um, so if he has done all of these things for me and these stories that I've shared, he will do the same thing for you because he loves you just as much. He sees you as that pearl, that valuable pearl. Or you are the treasure that's hidden. And that's how you might feel. You might feel like you're buried in, in all this stuff. And still Jesus says, I'm going to go sell everything. And with joy, I'm going to go buy that field so that that treasure can be mine. Jesus loves you, and I, I just want to pray as I close tonight. Um, bow your heads with me. Lord, we are so, 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 so thankful for your great love for us. Thank you for how you have pursued us. Thank you for showing us that you want to be in relationship with us, and that that is your motivation. Lord, I pray that you would make this a revelation, a heart revelation in the lives of your believers, that they would walk with their heads held high, knowing that they are loved just the way they are, knowing, God, that you value them and that you desire to be in relationship with them. Lord, I thank you, God, that you are at work. I thank you for how much you love us. Jesus, Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are continuing to draw us unto you. Help us, Jesus, to make that step towards you. Thank you for all of the promises that you've given in your word, that they are true today, and that they're true for each of us, not just for me, but for each and every person who will believe. Lord, I thank you, God, for this opportunity to share your word and to, to share your great love. I pray that seeds were sown into hearts, into lives. I pray protection and peace over each person watching this and here in this room. Thank you that you are with us. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.